Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast series by the Underwriters Laboratories Electrochemical Safety Research Institute. In the Let's Talk series, we host discussions with leading experts, scientists, and engineers focusing on energy storage systems, safety science, and standards, and learn about their experiences and visions through the perspectives they share. My name is Mohammed, and I will be your host for this episode. Today, our discussion will focus on the modeling and simulation of thermal runaway in lithium-ion batteries, its importance, challenges, and future. Despite having outstanding energy storage and conversion capabilities for various engineering applications, lithium-ion batteries are subject to a severe safety risk. Under certain phenomenal conditions, lithium-ion batteries generate excessive heat and gas due to the initiation of several exothermic decomposition reactions, resulting in a catastrophic failure known as thermal runaway. In addition, failure in a single cell often propagates to the neighboring cells, resulting in a complete thermal runaway propagation. Comprehensive modeling and simulation is one of the practical tools to fully understand this failure mode and provide guidelines for safer design. However, thermal runaway is a complex multiphysics phenomenon, accompanied by exothermic decomposition reactions, multi-mode heat transfer, ejection of solids, liquids and gases, and combustion. To help us understand the challenges associated with advanced thermal runaway simulation, our guest today is Dr. Jason Ostenek. Dr. Ostenek is an assistant professor of engineering technology at Purdue University. Prior to joining Purdue, he worked at the Naval Surface Warfare Center, Philadelphia Division, where in 2015 he was awarded the first annual NAFC Commander's Award for innovation for his work in lithium-ion battery safety. At Purdue University, Dr. Ostenek is a director of the Applied Thermofluids Lab, which conducts basic and applied research in heat transfer, fluid mechanics, and thermodynamics across a broad range of applications. Dr. Ostenek is also the director of the Powertrain Technology Laboratory at Purdue, an instructional facility designed to provide students with an unparalleled hands-on experience for learning the concepts of electrification, alternative fuels, and advanced combustion technology. Jason, welcome to our podcast, and thank you very much for being here. Hi, Mohammed. Thank you for having me. Jason, you have been working on the modeling and simulation of lithium-ion batteries for several years. Could you please tell us a little bit about how you first became interested in this topic? I became interested in this topic while working at NSWC Philadelphia. There, I worked on system integration of energy storage systems on Navy ships. The Navy has been developing new technology and equipment which place highly transient loads on the ship's electrical systems. Energy storage, such as lithium-ion batteries, can serve as a buffer to maintain power quality during these highly transient load scenarios. It became clear to me that modeling and simulation of lithium-ion batteries, particularly the failure of lithium-ion batteries, is a problem that's rich in the field of heat transfer, fluid mechanics, and thermodynamics, areas which I'm highly passionate about. Also, the topic of lithium-ion battery safety has a lot of unanswered research questions, and there are currently a lot of exciting research opportunities. Finally, it's an important topic. Fielding safe systems is critical for safety of personnel and equipment. And although lithium-ion batteries have grown in application tremendously, fires and other incidents have a major impact on the public perception of this energy storage technology. Thank you, Jason. Given your expertise in this field, can you please share your perspective on why modeling and simulation is important for better understanding thermal runaway phenomena and how it complements experiment? You talked about thermal runaway in the introduction to this episode. Lithium-ion batteries can fail in a number of different ways, and thermal runaway is an especially dangerous failure mode. 
Different adverse conditions may cause the battery temperature to increase. Purely external heating, drawing too much current on discharge or charging with too much current, exceeding voltage limits, operation at extreme temperatures, mechanical penetration or crush which can lead to an internal short circuit, or internal short circuits that develop from other root causes. Once the temperature increases to unsafe levels, a series of chemical reactions will begin within the cell. The reactions are exothermic and produce heat. The heat release further increases the cell temperature, and unless there is active cooling or some other intervention, the reaction accelerates from the positive feedback loop. So to answer your question on why modeling and simulation of thermal runaway is important, there are several reasons. First, it can help improve our understanding of the safety limits of a given scenario. We can construct a thermal abuse model which can tell us the safe operating limits for a certain cell chemistry, cell size or format, state of charge, or external cooling effect. Second, it can help in the engineering design process to create modules and packs which are more robust to thermal runaway failures. Finally, modeling and simulation can help in post-mortem analysis and failure diagnostics. Although modeling and simulation of thermal runaway has a long way to go, it's currently a useful tool in understanding more about the nature of battery failures. Thank you, Jason. Uh, what is the state of the art of modeling and simulation techniques for thermal runaway in lithium-ion batteries? And uh, what are the challenges associated with advancing these techniques? There's been a great deal of research on modeling and simulation of thermal runaway in lithium-ion cells dating back to the early 2000s. Most of the work done to date considers thermal runaway as a conduction-based problem. Researchers have done a good job identifying the chemical reaction mechanisms and the kinetic parameters for those mechanisms which produce heat within the battery cell. This heat's then added to a model of a module or pack, and the heat's allowed to spread through the pack, where heat conduction is the primary mode by which the heat moves. There's a major shortcoming with this approach, which is neglecting the heat that's transferred from flame and fire, which often occur during a thermal runaway failure. So for combustion to occur, three ingredients are necessary, known as the fire triangle, heat, fuel, and oxidizer. Heat is present from the exothermic decomposition reactions, and there are sources of fuel within the cell, such as the liquid electrolyte solvents. Carbonate-based solvents are actually oxygenated hydrocarbons. Dimethyl carbonate, one example, is gaining interest as an additive for diesel fuel. The polymer separator is another fuel source, but the carbonate solvents are the most important because they're volatile and flammable. Their flash point and auto-ignition points are often low. The third ingredient is the oxidizer, which is present within the cathode. At high temperatures, oxygen is released at varying rates and different amounts for different cell chemistries. Since the three ingredients of the fire triangle are present, then combustion is possible. If you've ever witnessed a thermal runaway failure, then you'd agree that flames are a common outcome. So the presence of fire increases the safety risk beyond just the very high temperature that's present from the heat conduction problem. Even in the absence of oxygen within the cell, there's still oxygen in the surrounding air. So combustion may take place either inside or outside the cell. The conduction-based models that I mentioned previously can't account for the effects of the flame. How much heat is released by the combustion reactions? Where do the flames go? What nearby surfaces are struck by the flames? How much heat is transferred from convection and radiation modes of heat transfer? Does the flame cause other components to catch on fire? And most importantly, to what extent does the presence of flames increase the likelihood of propagating failure, where neighboring cells are driven into thermal runaway as a result of the initial trigger cell going into thermal runaway? 
Those questions must be handled in one of two ways. First, the effect of the flame may be accounted for by reduced order modeling and semi-empirical relationships. This idea has been used for internal combustion engines for decades. The heat release of the flame within the cylinder may be modeled using a sigmoid type function for the mass fraction of fuel burned. Then the convection rate from those hot gases to the cylinder wall is modeled using semi-empirical relationships based on the bulk motion of the flow, usually a Reynolds number type correlation. The other approach is to actually resolve the fluid motion and the combustion reactions using computational fluid dynamics approach. In this way, the spatial distribution of the vented flames is captured as a function of time, and the resulting heat transfer on nearby surfaces is resolved with a high level of detail. Both approaches have their challenges, and both are useful, depending on the objectives of the modeling and simulation activity. The work we're conducting in the Applied Thermofluids Lab at Purdue is extending the conduction-based modeling into the fluids domain and accounting for the effects of venting and combustion. We're pursuing both approaches, reduced order modeling and CFD-based modeling, to account for the effects of venting and combustion. Thank you, Jason. Uh, could you please describe what steps your research group has taken to overcome the challenges you mentioned and advance the state-of-the-art of thermal runaway modeling and simulation? The challenge with the reduced order modeling approach is that thermal runaway is a messy process. For the internal combustion engine, the combustion conditions are relatively well known and well defined. Air and fuel mixture composition is well known. The air and the fuel are well mixed. The spark occurs at a predetermined time and so on. The combustion conditions for thermal runaway and lithium ion cells is not well known and not well defined. There is no predetermined ignition timing. The gas phase composition is not well known combustions taking place within and external to the cell. The complexity of combustion likely contributes to the inherent stochastic nature of thermal runaway. It's well known that there are many different outcomes, even for controlled thermal abuse experiments. Sometimes there's flame and sometimes not. Sometimes the wall of the cell develops a pinhole. Sometimes the contents of the cell are ejected entirely. This is an area of research that requires more investigation. Whether using a reduced order approach or a fully resolved CFD approach, one question that needs to be addressed is how can we account for the randomness and build it into our models so that we account for this variability in thermal runaway failures. By accounting for gas generation, venting, and combustion, we are investigating mechanisms by which the thermal runaway progression may be affected. In other words, the fluid mechanics may be responsible, at least in part, to the variability observed during thermal runaway. For example, a buildup of gas within the cell, having no means to escape the cell, may cause the header to fail and eject the cell contents. Another example is the possibility of localized heat release from combustion which could weaken the outer casing and lead to pinholes and sidewall breaches. In addition to these challenges, CFD-based approaches have an added challenge of a huge range of length and time scales that need to be resolved. This creates problems with computational expense. For example, the time it takes a cell to go into thermal runaway may be minutes or hours, while the thermal runaway process itself is over within seconds. The battery module or system may be on the order of meters in length scale, while the fluid dynamic features that need to be resolved require computational mesh sizes on the order of 10 to 100 microns. Some of these length scale issues have been solved already. Turbulence flow itself has a problem with length scale, where the smallest scales of turbulence are several orders of magnitude smaller than the large-scale flow features. Take a jet of hot gases emerging from the cell. Turbulence is generated from the shear stress in the flow at the boundary between the jet and the surrounding air. 
Assume it's a relatively weak jet, having a Reynolds number of 10,000. The smallest turbulent eddies that are formed from that shear would be three orders of magnitude less than the diameter of the jet. This means that directly simulating this flow is computationally prohibitive. If you need 1,000 grid elements in the x, y, and z direction, you're already at 1 billion elements. Directly simulating the full range of length scales is possible, and commonly done in academic work, but for simple geometries and relatively low Reynolds numbers. For most industrial applications, the computational expense is too great. Turbulence modeling alleviates the length scale difference to some extent. Turbulence modeling models the effect of the smaller scales of turbulence on the bulk fluid motion. And there are other challenges with scale disparity. The moment of thermal runaway is challenging due to the huge amount of energy produced by the decomposition reactions and combustion. This creates a heat source term having large magnitude in the energy equation and causes the governing equations to become numerically stiff. The problem is compounded since there is a wide range of both length and time scales. The length scale problem requires large computational meshes with lots of elements. The time scale problem leads to the need for taking small time steps when the equations become stiff. So a large mesh with small time steps results in a major computational expense. So uh, from what we have discussed, it appears that simulations, even at single cell level, may result in a significant computational time depending on the level of complexity of the model. Could you please share your perspective on how we can extend thermal runaway simulation to pack level modules and large battery systems? There are several strategies that can help alleviate the scale disparity problem. We've begun implementing different numerical schemes and strategies to accelerate the solution. Adaptive meshing, adaptive time-stepping, computationally efficient integration techniques, and selective or simplified physics. Even with some numerical tricks, there's still a balance of computational cost with resolution and accuracy. The optimal approach depends on the objectives of the study or simulation. Machine learning offers another opportunity to scale thermal runaway solutions to larger systems. This is a highly active research topic in each of the sub-disciplines of the thermal runaway problem. Machine learning has shown promise for improving turbulence models and CFD solvers in general, and accelerating the solution of stiff chemistry problems, which is helpful for the internal decomposition reactions or the gas phase combustion reactions. This will be something to keep an eye on in the near future. Thank you very much, Jason. Uh, that brings us to the conclusion of this episode. Again, Jason, thank you for taking time and sharing your perspectives on thermal runaway modeling and simulation. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk, Thermal Runaway Modeling and Simulation. Please stay tuned for the next episode.